0: You're listening to the Bible Belt Bros podcast with my dad and his dumb friend. Enjoy! Dusty. Yes. We gotta stop doing these early morning shows.
1: I know. It is. I'm a little tired. Well, actually, I was at the gym. I kind of woke up now. My wife made me some coffee, gave me some donuts for breakfast. Don't drink my coffee.
0: You know I don't like that crap. Sorry, I love coffee. I just don't. Dusty adds a ton of sugar and creamer to it.
1: Today at the gym, because uh, that's like my girl drink, but today at the gym was like a girls workout because it was three women and me, so then I'm, my playlist comes on and it's Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah, this is a girls workout, let's be honest.
0: Have you ever had this, um, what is this, counterculture ale?
1: I don't think I have. No? It's too early in the morning to try it.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's good, but look at that picture on there.
1: Oh, it's the Last Supper.
0: Yeah. Is, is that sacrilegious at all? I've been trying to decide this. I don't know. I mean, they didn't alter the photo at all. They're not trying to represent anything. They just put the Last Supper on there.
1: I think it's uh, counterculture, like maybe our culture is against drinking. I don't know. I
0: mean, some of the other images or labels on the beers um, weren't good.
2: Where's this, where's this
0: brewed out of? Um, I forget. I think it was like Maryland. No, I don't remember. Uh, Maryland. Yeah. Ooh, I was going to hit it on the head. Frederick,
1: Maryland. I mean, it has a good taste it to it. Good people drink beer. Right. Quote by Hunter S. Thompson, whoever that is.
0: And uh, I so I don't know if they're saying Jesus was a good person
1: or what. He did turn water into wine. That's right.
0: But he didn't drink beer. Well, that we know of.
1: What's the uh, difference, really?
0: Um, natural ingredients. Well, I guess. natural
1: ingredients in beer.
0: Yeah. So, anyways,
1: early morning podcast today. We are gonna try to wake up a little bit. I I get amused really easily, Andrew. As as I was on my way here, is at a stoplight, and all these cars are turning right, they're turn right, going straight into the sun. And so I was just getting amused by everybody as they were turning were pulling their sun visors down. <laughs> I just thought, this is really... Because I saw probably about 15, 20 cars pulling, turning right, going into the school, pulling their sun visors down.
0: Yeah, it's about right. I watch that all the time. Just easily amused, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, today on the podcast, we have a special guest. Yeah. If he shows up.
0: A friend that um, Dusty and I have been waiting for for a while.
1: Yeah, he's a pastor and... Our kids right now, Andrew and I, our kids are into sports right now. It's baseball and softball season. That's right. My son had his first game last night, and uh, Heck yeah. yeah, so it's it's gonna get ready just to be Heck crazy good. busy. No nights are free. I have something every night of the week.
0: I've already started. Like Start that kind of started that. I mean, my st- something every night of the yeah, week. Yeah, my. Uh, Isabel started playing softball almost a month ago now, and so I've been busy. We have practice at least two times a week, and we have games two nights a week, and uh, and weekends just really depend. We have a lot of uh, tournaments scheduled and a lot of games on weekends, and uh, if we don't have games, you know, normally we have at least practice one of the two days. So. Well, anyways, it looks like our guest is getting here, so let's take a break and when we come back we'll have our guest well dusty you ready speak in
1: tongues no what <laughs> i was trying to think of something i was trying to start speaking in tongues but it just didn't <laughs> didn't come to me you know i just kind of like okay nope don't speak in tongues we're taking selfies here now. All right.
0: Well, you do we're that all selfie- the time anyways. I see your Snapchats. <laughs> you forget that we're friends on Snapchat, I guess, because you just randomly post them. Yeah. I like selfies. Well, as we said in our intro, we have a good friend in the house with us today. His name is Steve Allen. He is the pastor over at Harvest Church here in Sand
1: Springs. A what? senior pastor. Is that what you got? Senior pastor? Senior manager?
2: Uh, yeah. Speaker? Dictator.
1: Dictator? Okay.
2: Dictator. Dictator. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Now, it's uh, lead pastor, senior pastor. It doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of difference.
0: So, senior pastor, does that just mean you're old?
2: Yeah, actually, in fact, I am the youngest one on staff. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
1: True story.
0: <laughs> now, you were the youth pastor there,
2: correct? Yeah, I was youth pastor for uh, about seven years. So, about uh, almost come July, it'll be two years as the senior pastor.
1: Have you seen a decline in your youth ministry
2: since the new youth pastor took over for you? Or? Uh, we we had kind of a went down and come right back up, though. it has. Because just anytime <laughs> you do a transition, uh, same with kids and adults and everything, it's it's difficult for them.
1: That wasn't a jab at Chris. Yeah, <laughs>
2: he, he it was a jab was at terrible.
1: Chris. He won't listen. He doesn't listen to our <laughs> podcast anyway,
0: so
2: he, he will after this.
0: So. <laughs> well, uh, as we said in our intro, we we're talking about speaking in tongues. trying to get a uh, understanding. Dusty and I are both Baptists. Well, we're from a Baptist background, so we don't speak in tongues. I believe it is still a fruit of the Spirit, just one that I have not uh, obtained. I believe it's nonsense.
1: True? <laughs> you really do? Uh, well, my experience is it's been
2: kind of bad, I guess. Or not bad, just maybe more confusing. I think that's a that's a given around everywhere is just, uh, the lack of knowledge on the gift and the operations. So, of the so
1: I was playing drums at this church in high school, and it was— it was I was helping out a church, Assembly of God church, and so, and it was just like I've never experienced it before. I didn't even know this was an Assembly of God church, you know. I just they said they could use some help on drums, and so I came and helped them, and and it was just kind of like it was almost like a planned thing. Like at the end of the last song, the pastor just started speaking in tongues, and then the whole congregation started speaking this craziness. And I was on stage, and I just started laughing. It was, like, the funniest thing to me, like, because I see people, I, w- I see people, I saw people speaking in tongues that, I also saw them at school, and I was like, I didn't even know you were a Christian, or, you know, that's like, right. how, do you, how are you filled with this Holy Spirit,
2: and you know, like, that's just weird to me, well, but. You could ask the same questions about the church in Corinthians, whenever he had to address them about the order of that, and. Uh, he was dealing with a, a gentleman who was actually having a uh, relationship with his uh, stepmom, so uh, they, they had some issues there as well. The perfectionism in any any place is not going to be there regardless.
1: Is that the Mari show of the Bible?
2: Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> you definitely. are the father, but but there are, are some things, and that's exactly what Paul was talking about when he did address the Corinthians, was saying that you know we're not supposed to just get up and speak in tongues. That's, that's for your own private life and that, unless there is a tongue and interpretation. I mean, that's that's clearly not biblical, what the, what the church was doing. And I think a lot of times the Pentecostal charismatic uh, movement, uh, they, they get a little too far on one side instead of uh, having a balance and sticking to the Bible on that.
1: Well, and one of the things that I've, I've been taught, I don't know if you've been taught, Andrew, this is that tongues is an unnecessary gift for today's world or whatever, however they put that. But like, you know, then they used a reference. Paul says, "I'd rather speak one word of intelligence than a thousand words of tongues," and that—that's like the Baptist, like hold on to verse as yeah, far as. But you got
2: to understand the context. That he's saying that he's saying that inside of a church. Um, tongues are primarily for your your personal life and your personal walk with God. He's saying that for a church. So if you got a new guest or somebody who's never been to church before, and everybody's just speaking in tongues, it's going to trip you out. It's going to scare you. And that's exactly what Paul was saying. He said, "Look." We're going to be more productive if we'll just speak in our own language, unless there is a tongue and interpretation. Otherwise, if there's not interpretation, um, keep that to yourself and uh, take that to your prayer closet and and pray in that manner. Uh, So that's what he was saying on on that aspect. And
1: then the last thing that I kind of remember growing up for my belief in tongues was that, like on the day of Pentecost, people were hearing it in their own language, and so the the belief kind of given to me was like that tongues is like if I'm going to Africa and I'm preaching and they're able to hear me like in their own language and I don't know their like, You know what I mean? Like they're able to hear yeah. hear the word of God and get in and right. get saved or whatever
2: needs to happen. But that, that has happened. That's happened in other other languages uh, as as well and, and it has happened in recent times uh, as as well. But uh, to be honest with you, that is the only place in the Bible when it talks about speaking in tongues that they're actually speaking into another language. It's a um, the one that's a, a known language uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of times we, we speak in unknown tongues. Tongues is what what the Bible's referencing, and that was the only time. All the other times that you hear about somebody getting filled with the Holy Spirit or, or begin speaking in tongues, it was never uh, specified as a, as another language other than a heavenly language.
1: And I do think it's funny though that Paul had to say that he wasn't drunk
2: because it was 9 a.m. Yeah. yeah. So that, <laughs> that was that's actually, my that was, experience of tongues is. That was actually Peter. Um, <laughs> Paul hadn't come on the scene yet. <laughs> but no, that was that was Peter because it was nine a.m. Oh, and, Paul. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah. So, but yeah, but no, they did. I mean, because it was unheard of. It was it was unknown. Um, you know, and in fact, you know, a lot of people, you know, you look at this as though it's just something new that Jesus was talking about. Um, but Isaiah prophesied about this in Isaiah twenty-eight. Um, He says this, he says, for with stammering lips and other uh, tongues, and and another tongue, uh, he will speak to his people. They said, uh, and to whom he said, uh, this is the rest, excuse me, this is the rest with which uh, you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, uh, yet they would not hear. And uh, so in Isaiah, he's even prophesying about the stammering lips and the other languages that's coming. This is 400 years, and the same prophet that prophesied about the crucifixion of Christ and all these other things, uh, but Paul He references it in 1 Corinthians 14, 21, and again Acknowledges, but the people won't hear, because there's a lot of People who are rejecting this gift of the Holy Spirit in which uh, God communicates with His people
1: and I just want to put that Andrew, in our intro Offered me a beer, and I was like, dude, it's not even 9 a.m. <laughs> so, No, I didn't offer him one <clears throat> Well, you gave it, you put it in my Hands, which to me Actually, is like, you pulled it out of the fridge, so I didn't put it in
2: your hands Oh, you pulled it out of the fridge, Dusty?
1: By his request. Yeah, I did request him to. <laughs> minor detail, he told me to pull it out of the fridge.
0: I did, because I wanted to ask a question about it. And I, I asked both of you also. I'm good now. But I didn't offer it to you. I wasn't going to let you open it.
2: Did you get excited when you think that, that was going to be an offer?
1: No, because it's too early. It's too early. I'm still drinking my coffee to try to wake up.
0: Whatever, you you already worked out. I mean, now you got to recover. It's just a recovery drink. It's just drink. a
1: recovery drink. Yeah, whatever.
0: I mean, at the end of all of your marathons, do they not give you beer? They do, actually. Exactly. It's a great recovery drink.
1: So, Andrew, what are your misconceptions or things that you've kind of grown up hearing about tongues? Well, I don't and...
0: really have too many misconceptions about it because I've read the Bible.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> whatever. You were YouTubing stuff
2: earlier, trying to figure out what I was, was YouTubing about. on I will <laughs> that he wasn't. But at least I'll give him props because he's he's doing research to find out more on it. I was YouTubing on how to do
0: it because I was watching some YouTubes last night as I was sharing with you, and uh, I, I was it, it said, you know, you'll be speaking in tongues by the end of this video, and so I was trying to learn how to speak in tongues last night. <laughs> well, show us what you got. What's your tongues? I got nothing. <laughs> I got, what is it, EBSICA? EBSICA, yeah. Was
1: it shit about a Honda, but about a Ford? <laughs> yes. Something like that. That's
0: exactly what it was. <laughs>
1: No um, So before
0: I ever became a Christian When I still lived in Arkansas So A long time ago I, uh, A f- friend's family would pick me up Every Sunday morning to take me to church And that's And really the only reason I went is so I could go to his house After church and play And um So but they were holy rollers Like to the T They'd all be sp- speaking in tongues They'd be dropping on the floor and rolling around yeah, so that was my first experience with it, so I got put off of it from the, at that point, but you know, about 10 years later in life, I became a Christian, and uh, I actually started researching it, and, and uh, listening to sermons, things like that, and so now, my belief is that it is a fruit of the Spirit, and it's just not one I've been blessed with, however when it is spoken in public, it, there must be an interpretation that follows, and it's
1: not a fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. A goodness. gift of the
0: spirit.
2: Sorry. It is. It is a gift. He does say that he the Holy Spirit Himself is a gift uh, from God uh, to to empower us to be a witness. Uh, but it is a it is a gift from God, and like any other gift, it's something that you've got to receive. That's uh, like what you're saying to me is like that's a gift that you know that's out there that you have not yet received.
0: Right. Okay. So you're saying I can still receive it if I choose to accept it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
2: I think the I think the, the number one thing with with anything in our walk with God and our relationship with God is knowledge. Um, knowledge is, is everything. Um, the, the when we don't have knowledge about something, it scares us. Um, you know, we don't know, and so we what we do instead of trying to embrace it, trying to do that, we want to push away because it's something that's um, not natural to us because it's not natural to us because it's of the spiritual realm. And so we we push those things away, or we don't want to know more. And, and sometimes there's not a lot of depth on the Holy Spirit because you know we're hearing an unknown, unknown tongue and we're thinking, man, this is strange. People are talking weird. Um, you know what's going on here so our first instinct as a human is to run away from anything that is different instead of going to find it out uh, what, what's going on uh, but you know as far as you, there, it, the Holy Spirit I mean in tongues it's not a language that you can learn it's it's a it's what God gives you in fact it says that um, in Acts 2 and 4 it says that the Spirit gave them utterance it's not that you come and learn a language it's the Spirit that's on the inside of you that gives you the utterance that you choose to speak out so it's nothing that can be learned. It's nothing that can be taught to anybody. It's, it's what you have to got speak out what the spirit has given you on the inside.
0: Okay, so if the spirit gives you this utterance, does he also give you the interpretation to it?
2: Oftentimes, he does. There's been times when I've never operated in a corporate setting as far as uh, speaking in tongue or interpreting tongue. I've never done that. I've been amongst that and uh, witnessed it. And you know there there is a reverence. You can feel the holy presence of God. You know that that is God communicating. With his congregation, But there's been times when I've been praying in my own prayer time, and I'm praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit, and I know exactly what the Holy Spirit is saying to me. But yet again, there are often times I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue, and my spirit's grieved. It's because there is a realm that's going on around us, the spiritual realm, and we don't know everything. Sometimes it's good that we don't know some of the things that we're praying for with the attacks that's coming on in our church or our pastors and the people, our loved ones that we're praying for. And the Holy Spirit begins to utter our prayers for us.
0: Yeah, now one of the. um, I I asked that because I was in a church, uh, a very large church. It's a mega church in the Assembly of God world. Uh, You may have heard of him, James River Uh, in in Springfield. uh, Pastor Lindell, John Lindell. Well, somebody, while he was preaching, somebody started speaking in tongues. And then he immediately stopped and he asked for an interpretation, and nobody was able to give one. And so he called that member out. And said, you know, that was not of God because uh, there would have been an interpretation to it.
2: Sure. Uh, And you got to take into consideration we're human beings. We're going to miss it sometimes. And, you know, we don't always have it 100% right. And it's like, oh, the Holy Spirit, you better have it right or you're doomed. And, you know, so we've got to, you know, there are times when people miss it. And somebody can be spirit-filled. And that was maybe the Holy Spirit moving on them. And that was for a personal thing that God was speaking to them in their heart. And they assumed that it was for a corporate thing, and they did that, and it's out of order. And, and there are things that you got to realize uh, or people have got to realize when they're gifted with that. Um, there is an order. God, We serve a God of order. He's not a God of chaos, and that's sometimes with the Pentecostal charismatic movements and stuff. Um, they, there's too much chaos, and and God is not a god of chaos. He's a god of order. He's a god of structure. And anytime you go into a church setting, there there is an order that is there. And that 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 pastor, that lead pastor, he is he is the head over that church who God has appointed. And um, so he he's gonna have to take that, do his very best that he can do with discernment, saying, okay, this is of God, this not of God. And it's hard sometimes to do that as well. What if the person who had the interpretation was too scared to say the interpretation? So they missed it. So who's, who's to say who missed what? But regardless, right. we're, we're humans. And, and it was wise on the pastor's part to pause for a moment, and I would have take that time to, to explain. But sometimes people can miss it, and it's, and it's for themselves. And so um, as I said earlier, there, there is an order that, that does take place, and the Holy Spirit's not going to interrupt himself. You know, So if the, if the man is preaching a, a sermon, the Holy Spirit's not just going to break up in the middle of what he's saying – and do that, why would he interrupt the one who's head of the service? It's not going to happen. I mean, so if, if you're that person, just because God gave that to you right then doesn't mean you are got to say it right then either. I mean, there's there's other moments. I mean, it's, he's still there, but we just get so uh, so excited about some of these things sometimes that we get out of order. So who who's to say if they would have waited a little bit longer or whenever you know, the time would have been more appropriate to give that tongue, the interpretation might have come. But, you know, since that chaos was there, that pastor did have to correct that, and I commend him for doing that because that's, that's the most difficult thing you can do is have to correct uh, somebody from behind the pulpit, especially something spiritually. But if the pastor doesn't, then unless all the other congregation members know that, that he's not being the head that he's supposed to be.
0: Well, yeah, that was my first encounter with it as a Christian, and he, he, he stopped his sermon. He explained it, explained what speaking in tongues was and that there should be an interpretation with it if it's in a, a corporate setting like that, and... uh explain that it was more of a prayer, or that was uh, intended more of a prayer language. So, Right,
2: and that's, and that's good. I think it's wise for, for any pastor to do that who is a pastor of a spirit-filled church, is to take the time when something like that does happen to explain what's going on. There's been services that I've sat through. We had a tongue. Somebody started speaking in tongues. I mean, everything gets dead silent. I mean, it's amazing at how even the babies stop crying. I mean, it's just the, the, the atmosphere of God, and somebody gives interpretation. It's a good word. And then they just keep going like nothing even happened. You're like, whoa. Wait a minute, did anybody just realize that here we are, someone just spoke in a whole other tongue, somebody else just interpreted this and we're gonna act like it didn't even happen. I think it's good for our pastors that we take a moment and we educate the people that they, what you've just witnessed here is according to the word of God. This was an unknown tongue, and there was an interpretation, and it's for the corporate setting. So I think it's essential for for any pastor when that does happen that you take a moment um, to explain what just happened. Because if I'm new there, I'm unchurched, and, and I see this, I'm thinking, wow, I could feel something. Something was in that room, but I have no clue what just happened. You might be a little bit freaked out and and not not come back. And so I think it's it's very wise to to say, hey, this is what's going on here.
1: And I can't say that's something I really liked about
2: your church uh when i used to edit your sermons and stuff i would
1: hear a tongues and an interpretation and then you kind of explaining what that meant and or what that was about and and i i did respect that i was like hey this isn't like this weird
2: everybody chanted at the same time you know
1: like it's just weird
2: right and that's you know that's another thing that, that that you know some of these misconceptions and stuff that we have that are going on is just the you know the, the pastor gets up there and says okay everybody let's let's speak in tongues you know and they, they go off on that and everybody chanting that's that's not biblical whatsoever um, not one time did that ever happen in the Bible I mean the Holy Spirit can move and stuff like that but when you've got somebody behind the pulpit commanding you to speak in tongues it's not it makes you question who's leading the service or who's leading the tongue speaking is it the Holy Spirit or is that man trying to command everybody to speak in tongues and that's that's not what it was ever that's not what he was ever intended for. Um, the Holy Spirit, you know, for us to speak in tongues in that manner, uh, by by any means. So why does there need to be somebody
1: speaking tongues? Because like, normally when it happened, it happened at the same time of yours when I was listening to your services. After the music, before you came up, somebody was speaking tongues. Not every time, but a few times. But my mindset is like, why does the Holy Spirit need to interrupt right there? Because hasn't he given you the words to say as a preacher to the con- congregation? Isn't that supposed to be like kind of the same influence, you know?
2: No, you know, and that's, that's, that's actually a good question because here's the thing. You know, we're a whole church all together. And, uh, you know, it's not just about one man behind that pulpit because I, I truly believe we've got some incredible uh, men and women of God. I've probably got about 12 ministers that attend my church and uh, very blessed Uh, with that and
1: so pretty high pressure you make sure you do a good job because you can easily get called into really
2: really preacher do some tag team when (laughs) it starts getting rough yeah but um but you know uh, to that you know we're all gifted and the gifts are, are are to everybody and the gifts are for the operation of the body of christ and there are times where i have a message that is prepared and that this is just kind of a bonus the word of god says he inhabits the praises of his people and when we begin to praise God and we begin to just really sing His praises, and you feel that in your local church where you're going, and you begin to feel the atmosphere of a room change, you know, when the worship comes, I mean, you can feel a surreal uh, and emotions and all these things that are going. And what's happening is is that worship and that praise of God is stirring the body of Christ. It's stirring. Uh, those gifts. And um, and so that's going to be stirred up. And uh, anytime that you're bringing yourself into the presence of God, anytime that you're worshiping God like that, His gifts are going to be stirred up, and we're going to see them in operation. And uh, so it's not necessarily one person, because I tell our people all the time we're all part of the same body. I just get to lead it. That doesn't mean I do everything, but I just get to lead the service.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> what if somebody is filled with the Spirit, and they... Uh, start speaking in tongue and the interpretation comes down and it is actually contrary to what you're saying.
2: Um I, I will call that out um and, and let them know that's that's not accurate. Um they missed it. Um it's a, you know I, it's probably not as cold like that, like you missed it, brethren. Uh do not you go ahead and uh, come you? on down to this altar and we will deliver you. Um you know we're not we're so not laying so some hands on Yeah yeah because yeah. that, that is a hard thing. And here's something that you can always take to take to the bank, period. The the interpretation will always line up with God's word. No ifs, ands, or buts. Uh, God is not going to contradict Himself. Uh, right. God is, will not contradict Himself. So it will line up with the Word of God. And those people who are given the interpretation, uh, maybe they they think that they have it. Because how do you how do you know necessarily that you have this gift one hundred percent until you step out in faith and try that. And you know, so that's that's a, that would be the hardest thing I think for me to do is to give an interpretation, saying, "I think this is what God wants for me to do," and you can you can feel that it's kind of like whenever um, you see a situation and the Holy Spirit's talking to you to go minister to somebody. You know, you feel that and you don't want to, but yet He won't leave you alone. He's like, "Go, go talk to this person. Go talk to this person. You need to you need to go minister to that person." It's that heaviness that you can't get away from that you try to walk away from, but He will not back off. So you go and do that to soothe that spirit that God is pressuring you to go. And minister to this person, I think sometimes that's going to be the same way with the tongue and interpretation, that you're going to feel that holy presence of God pushing you uh, to do that. But but that's the thing is, is you get to realize that, that sometimes people are going to miss it. I mean, they're right. not going to be perfect, and that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's a terrible thing. Is like for tongues interpretation, we're, you know, as, as the brothers and sisters of Christ, we're like, you better have this or we're going to stone you after church. <laughs> you know, don't mess this one up. But there, there are there are going to be times where we, we mess it up, where we do blow it. But we've got to be wise enough on our walk with God to make sure that it lines up with the Word of God and encourage that person. Could, could you imagine being that person being called down from the pulpit? I mean, what shame do you feel at that moment? You really thought that, that God was speaking to you, and now we're going to shame them publicly in front of all of our... That's the difficult thing to do. And to be honest with you, you know, the way that you do that as a pastor, you want to be as delicate as you can, because what what if that correction that you handled with that person hindered their whole entire faith and belief in God and they walked away from, from their salvation or walked away from uh, their relationship with God? And so you got to be delicate with those things. I have had to handle situations situation like that one time in my ministry, and... Um, We had a lady. She gave a tongue, and immediately in my heart, I knew that that this was not for a corporate setting. And then – so I was fixing to say something because it was kind of like a long pause in between because there's always that pause where you wait for that interpretation. And somebody gave an interpretation, and it was just – I mean it was not unbiblical, but it was like a generic kind of just a a deal. It was almost like they were seeking. Let's make this like valid. (laughs) Yeah, and and so they were stumbling and stammering through their words. And I was like, oh, dear God, how am I going to – so I had a moment right there whether I could correct this from – the pulpit and, and make both of these individuals, you know, question their relationship with God, question their gifts because there's no doubt that they have gifting, you know, but I wasn't it. So it was interpretation. It wasn't unbiblical. So I let that go corporately because it did not contradict with the word of God. It was like a generic thing. But, but the one who gave the tongue is the one that I pulled to the side and began to talk to her uh, because I, I told her that I did not feel like that was for corporate um, setting. I felt like that, that was out of order. I felt I, I, and I, I did it in love. I didn't do it, but I did it privately. And, uh, you know, she clearly has the gift of tongues because she's operated in them before. But I think that that was something that God would just speak into her heart. And she, she you can get those confused. You can get them mixed up. And she, she you know, proclaimed it as though it was a corporate one. Uh, luckily, you know, with the grace of God, we was able to get past that. And I don't think it was anything that hindered anything in our service or anything else because everything lined up with the word of God. But if it was blatantly against the word of God, you have to do that because, you know, you got how many hundred people in your congregation who's going to take that. And they're either going to take it to be truth. Or they're going to take it and says pastors not willing to stand up for the word of God and what's actually right and true. So, but when it's blatantly against the word of God, you have to say something then.
0: So that was actually going to be a follow up question: is if that interpretation is incorrect, do you call them both out?
1: Well, how does he know if it's incorrect or not based on just well, just as he said, he, he had that the feeling Bible? in his
0: heart.
2: He just knew it was. not Yeah, I, I did not uh, call out the one with the interpretation. Um, but I did call it the one who started the whole thing. And uh, so when that happens, it's a corporate thing. Everybody who has ever had the gift of interpretation, you're now seeking your heart. God, are you speaking to me? Am I going to interpret this? So um, I, I did not say to that anything to that person. Um, I don't think that that other person could have really handled the correction well. I think that they tried. And it was out of the goodness of their heart. They wasn't the one who engaged the whole tongue and stuff. So they were seeking. I think that they meant well and stuff. Uh, but I, I, just, I just didn't. I didn't feel a need to go because I, I knew the – the other person was the one that I needed to correct. To correct. Um, so I try to do my best on, on, on doing that.
0: <laughs> gotcha. As, have you ever had two people try to
2: offer an, offer, an interpretation? I, you know, I never have. Uh, fortunately, I've, I've never had more than one tongue interpretation in a service uh, that I can ever recall. Um, you know the Bible does talk about you know multiple ones, uh, but it does specifically put a cap on three. There doesn't need to be any more than three, right. um, because apparently you know I guess at that time and that mindset. I guess a lot of churches can do this. we you know I would say that we're a conservative, uh, you know Spirit filled church. You know we're we're not loosely running around. Everybody's got words of wisdom for everybody. The Holy Spirit <laughs> told me to tell you this. Uh, I'm I'm not very much for that. Um, you know there's there's a lot of issues there. That's that's a whole other point we can talk about, but. Um, I lost my train of thought where was we going what was the question again
0: if two people offered an interpretation okay,
2: sorry. uh yeah so it was multiple ones um you know in the Bible it talks about you know no more than three there's a cap on that, like I said because you could be there all day long and and people are trying to operate in that gifts and trying to do those things bottom line is this the word of God's got to be preached right and um we we've had situations where you know, people will come down to the altar for prayer during worship and stuff like that, and and it started to become sometimes an issue um, to where two or three people are coming to the altar for prayer, but the rest of the congregation is not getting anything out of it. They didn't come to watch people pray at the altar. So what we developed was an idea is to take people to a prayer room to because allow them to continue to pray, counsel them, whatever need they have. And go on, because I still got two hundred other people, however many more, to preach the word of God to. The, the and I'm
1: realistically, like, how often is that the same people going to the front <laughs> every Sunday? And yeah. you just get to the point where you're like,
2: "Come on, bro!" Right? No, and that and that is actually, you know, it's you say that, but there's a lot of truth behind <laughs> it because it's some of the same ones, but you know. I think it's with good intentions. I think as they feel the presence of God and they feel guilty uh, about some decisions that they've been making, so they feel like I need to go down to this altar to, to correct these things or to communicate with God. Uh, well, to and fix there's that. there's also just the encouragement of people praying over sure. you. And, the attention.
1: Like, man, I, yeah. yeah, there's the, and that's what some people just need that encouragement. Well, th- those
2: individuals please. need to, need to start the process of growing up. Um, <laughs> that's t- true. Seriously, I mean, because uh, babies do that. Uh, babies need to be coddled. Babies need to be nursed. Babies need to be patted on the butt. Um, you need to get out of that uh, baby stage of your your Christianity. Go to the adolescence. Go to the to the adulthood of Christianity. You know, if you're if you're if you're continuously doing that, then you're stuck in the stage of of your Christian walk, and it's probably the baby stage. Boom. I can't drop the mic. It's kind of stuck on. Me.
0: <laughs> well, you can take it off. But that, that is Dusty's mic. It's fine to drop that one. <laughs>
2: That's why it smells terrible.
0: <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, wrong. All right, thanks. Next. Okay, so speaking in tongues is the feeling, is a, a physical evidence of being filled with the Spirit, correct?
2: Uh, correct. It, it is one. I, I honestly don't believe it is the only one, but it's going to be there. Uh, because everywhere in the Bible, when it talks about somebody being filled with the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues came came after that. Um, I guess um, the only one I could think of that, that did not was, was when Paul got saved, when he had that conversion from. Uh, Saul to Paul, he had that Damascus experience, you know, and that's when the big bright light shined all around him. And he said, you know, Lord, you know, basically he was confessing Jesus to be Lord and he was submitting himself before that. That was the moment that he got saved. Right. Right. Uh, So, but then later on, he goes to, um, I forget the gentleman's name who prayed for him for his eyes to be open so he could see. And at that moment he received a sight and was filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, so we see two separate experiences right there, but didn't say that he was speaking in tongues, but I mean I would go ahead and assume that he had been because all the other situations, they were speaking in tongues when they referenced being filled with the Holy Spirit.
1: So am I filled with the Holy Spirit if I don't speak in tongues?
2: In me, right? Here's one, here's one way that somebody put it to me is that when we get born again, our spirit is born again of the Spirit of God. It's like taking a drink of water. You took a drink of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's on the inside of you. Now, the other ways to be filled is just to continuously drink of that same cup to be completely filled. Um, yes, you have a portion of the Holy Spirit in you. Just because you have never spoken in tongues, I can't say you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but that's a pretty evident sign is what they tell us uh, in, the, in the Bible. And that's, that's looking. But I can't say, it doesn't say this is the only way to know, so I can't stand on that biblically to say that that is. Are there some other probably signs? Sure, there sure there are. Uh, I'm sure there are. Uh, but you know that's a very evident one. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you should be speaking in, in tongues because it's it's a it's a key thing in the Bible. And there's um, there's two purposes in which we speak in tongues. And one is to edify ourselves in our prayer time with God. And that's our alone time. We're praying in the Holy Spirit. We're sharpening our spirit and our communion with God because God is spirit. So we're going to worship Him and pray to Him in spirit, pray to them in these tongues. And then you also have the edification of the body of Christ, where we have that corporate tongue and interpretation. So there there are very uh, key things for that, and uh, it it sharpens you. It sharpens your spirit. It sharpens your study time with God when you spend that time in praying in tongues. Um, There's just something uh, different about that. But I believe if somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit, they should be speaking in tongues. Uh, There's a lot of folks who are... Um, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They speak in tongues wherever location they are, whether they're at their house or whether they're at the church setting. They speak in tongues at one time, they don't ever speak in tongues again. Uh, that's something for us to do regularly. In fact, that's something we should do in our, in our regular prayer time uh, is, is speaking in tongues or praying in tongues.
1: So how do you know like when to speak in tongues, though? Because I would just have to make sure I have an interpreter with me at all times. <laughs> you know, like. But at uh, that point, you
0: don't know who can interpret.
1: Yeah, so then you don't know if you're doing it. For your edification
2: of yourself, or for the edification of the body, I, I believe that you'd know if you doing, if you had a, a public setting, the Holy Spirit would come on you. I mean, have you ever, like I talked about earlier, when when the Holy Spirit has come to, you know, is pressing your heart to do something that you need to do, you felt that experience? Yeah. I felt it. Well, I think it's going to be the same thing in a public setting. I, I don't think it's going to be something that's going to be so loosely done. I think that you're going to be sweating bullets. I think that you're going to be nervous. You're going to have butterflies in your stomach, and it's going to be something that your flesh does not want to do. Um, I think you're gonna know when, when that's the case. And um, I
1: guess that's for me growing up, that's where the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit is that leading sure. it's just not expressed in the tongues acts. Sure. Expressed in other acts.
2: Yeah, abs- absolutely. Uh you know, he he can still lead you, he can still uh do do all of those things. Uh, you know uh, but but there are, are some differences in that uh when when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit i mean there there is a you, you see a cultural change in, uh, in 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 Peter when all of them received the Holy Spirit I mean a, a new boldness that they had kind of a, a sharper boldness uh in extreme he said that we would receive power whenever the Holy Spirit came and uh, that power is for what and that's for us to be a witness of him of God and and, and just that holy boldness in which we do that but, I mean, I can't, I, you know, as far as with yourself, I mean, that's, that's where you're going to have to really pray and seek God for on that. And uh, sometimes we don't want to do that because it might challenge the things we've been taught our whole life. It might cause us to be. Well, that's kind of what this
1: podcast this
2: is about. <laughs> Here, here's, the, here's the thing if you're, if you're truly going to be sold out following Jesus, you need to come to, to one conclusion in your whole entire walk is that you're going to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, the moment we get comfortable, the moment we get relaxed, I think the moment we stop being challenged. Um, we should be challenged on these things. And, and it, you know, it's it's funny. And everywhere else that we talk about the Holy Spirit that's tied in with the gifts and the tongues, all these other things, we we want to follow all those other gifts and miracles of healing, miracles of casting out demons. And, yeah, we're all about that. Oh, speaking of tongues, let's put the brakes on that for a minute because I just don't understand it. And we can't understand it. And it's it's difficult where it's not necessarily sometimes for us to understand because it's a spiritual thing that that is going on
0: okay so what about th- you, that just healing people and um speaking in tongues that actually brought up a good point i've been on the mission field a lot and uh i've seen many miracles many healings and then people just start speaking in tongues while praying over them um now, they're obviously praying to God about healing them. However, it's in a public setting, so should that have an interpretation?
2: No, because uh, it's not for a corporate tongue. That's I, I, I could be praying right here in the same room, and I'm praying between me and God, and I'm praying in tongues. But That doesn't mean it's for the, all three of us. Gotcha. And uh, sometimes that can that can flow into that. And when you're in a church, you're to have enough wisdom to, to realize uh, there are some people who are over there praying, they're worshiping. There's people who will sing in tongues, but they're not doing it for a public set. They're not trying to get the attention of the whole congregation to do that. That's between... Uh, them and God, and sometimes you get excited in that. You know, you're excited on the inside, you are going to get a little vocal with it and stuff like that. I mean, it's hard to contain contain some things you know, when, when we're excited.
1: Sometimes I sing in tongues when I lead worship, but it's just because I forgot the words.
2: That's because you mumble.
0: <laughs> I thought that was because you stubbed your toe.
2: <laughs> but those, I don't, I don't think those are holy tongues.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> or heavenly.
2: See, I'm just all confused.
0: So, have you ever wanted to go into a church and just... Like a Baptist church, and just start speaking in tongues and see what people do.
2: <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, I would want to. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, and, and as funny as that would be as a as side, but could you imagine how much chaos and confusion uh, that that would cause to, uh, in, in people's relationship with God? But no, that that would be funny uh, to do. Uh, but I don't lord my my great powers over other people. <laughs> I was, I was a,
1: a part of a Baptist church. It was it was a big deal just for people to raise their hands. You know, in worship. Yeah, so, it's
0: very southern.
2: And, and why is that? Why why is I don't
1: that? I just think you know people are just in the Baptist world in general. They're just so like scared of chaos, I guess.
2: It's just it's just being conservative. And you know, th- there's a part of me that can respect um, them because they're trying to err on the side of caution. Like we don't know a whole lot about this, so we're not going to get into it. Um, you know, well, I mean, uh, they, that's they, when they, they start speaking, say it's
1: not. The gift itself. I mean, they they limit the power of the gift of tongues. I guess is what because you're saying you really need it to experience the full Absolutely. fullness of the spirit, and they say well, it's really not like they say. And I guess that would be me too, since I'm technically Baptist. For, for me,
2: my understanding is is how can we limit God there? How can everything else be for everybody today except for one thing? Mm-hmm. To me, that doesn't make sense. Uh, it just doesn't. It doesn't add up. And uh, you know, I, I respect it, the fact that they don't know. Uh, ed, or, or educated on it, so they just kind of back off away from it. But there's also a place where, you know, definitely shouldn't be teaching against it, you know. Um, yeah. But from my understanding, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed as though I read an article about the uh, the missions field for the Southern Baptist organization. Um, now they're currently allowing those who have spoken in tongues or confessed to regularly speaking in tongues to be a part of their uh, missions team and still go on the missions field. Is that correct? And
0: yes. yes. They have relaxed their... Uh they're also allowing
1: – I mean technically our church that we belong to is a part of the Southern Baptist
0: – Association.
1: Association, but I mean we –
0: And that's mean, just so we can give to the North American Mission Board. And and, right. it,
1: and it's so we could have got their funding when we started the church too. <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: let's so, be but, honest. But that, but that is an accurate statement that they, they've relaxed. Yes. It's a, it's yeah, a, they've relaxed
0: a lot of their okay. – um, rules.
2: So, do you think that that will carry on to the all the churches in the U.S.? Or will that only be for the churches abroad?
0: I, I think it's really going to be up to that senior pastor if they want to accept it or not.
2: So, I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, to to have a uh, to for that to break out for those things to begin to change, and it makes me question. I would like to be in that meeting to where they said, okay, now it's okay, but then it wasn't right. okay. So. Uh, that makes you question. Now that Bob's well, out of the the leadership here, we can go ahead and accept tongues. Like now. <laughs> they're also
0: accepting divorcees now. And so before that was a big thing if you'd ever been divorced. And so I've been in numerous churches where people are like, you know, I can't go on the mission field because I'm a divorcee, and I'm like, no, you just can't go as sponsored by the North American because mission you have board this
1: door. sin that's not acceptable socially right. or whatever.
0: But now they accept so now it. So can't do so.
2: It. Right now, you know the That's the thing is sometimes you got to figure out what what really matters. You can't control, especially when we live in a culture. I mean, in Oklahoma itself, I mean, uh, with well, over fifty percent uh, of marriages are expected to end in divorce. I mean, so that's going to be a common thing. Uh, it's a sadly common thing, and I don't. That divorce is not of God. That's not what God ordained. But is it impartable sin? No. Um, can we still carry on and and fulfill His will? Yeah, we can. Uh, Paul references. Uh, it's in Corinthians as well, some of the situation, talking about the unmarried, the married, and the widows, uh, and the virgins. So uh, he, he talks about all those individuals as well. I'm sure that's probably a podcast you guys will discuss on a whole other time. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, um, th- those things shouldn't hinder you, but it's interesting to see that they're, they're changing their perspective on it. And the reason why they're changing their perspective, this is this is for me, is because it's biblical. I mean, you can't argue with the Bible. You can't say this was for then, and uh, but this isn't. You know, you know what I mean. I mean, you can't. Uh, who are we to pick and choose what is for the operation of the church today?
0: Okay, so we gotta start wrapping this up. Do you have anything you want to clarify or or bring
2: up? You know, one thing I, w- I would encourage anybody to do this question. This is truly, truly read the word of God, and um, don't don't come at it with a biased point of view. It's it's hard because. When you've been taught something your whole entire life, it's hard to get past what you, what's been sown in your mind. But but truly seek God. Really say, God, if this if this is legit, can, can you operate, first of all, can you operate without the baptism of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues? Absolutely, yes. But is it a gift that we can go on and go to different experiences? I believe personally greater experiences in our relationship with God? Absolutely. Um, but you've got to be willing to to pray and to ask God to reveal to you, to show you. Uh, so that you can you can have that. And, uh, you know, just kind of let everybody know, uh, if you're wanting to go deeper on that, I'm going to actually be preaching a sermon series on this in May. Uh, starting the second Sunday of May, I'm going to go off on, on that whole series and go into depth about some of these things that we're covering uh, with a whole lot more scriptures to back up what I'm saying because I don't want to tell anybody Anything without scriptural backup, back up. Everything should be lined up with the Word of God. So just encourage you guys that. Uh, it's at harvestchurchok.org. Um, that's where our sermons will be posted. We also do them live at 9 and 11. Uh, but just listen to the Word of God. Uh, let, let Him speak to you. Um, set man to the side. Listen to what God is trying to say to you in your heart.
1: Don't just go look up YouTube videos on how to speak in tongues, Andrew. <laughs> hey, I use biblical
0: Scripture, second opinions. and,
1: and uh, one time I was in an two argument opinions? with your mom, Andrew, and uh, she was trying to tell me, so, and I was clearly in the wrong, but I was like, in uh, Zechariah 12-2, and she was like, oh. <laughs> I, was, I was like, there's no Zechariah." <laughs> Not as obvious as first opinions.
0: But it sounds biblical. Yeah. So
2: first opinions is, I mean, first and second opinions. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good, actually. <laughs> if Donald Trump said it, he'd say two opinions. <laughs> two <laughs> opinions.
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh, Donald Trump.
0: In 2 John (laughs) 3.
1: Okay, well we'll get out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Catch us next week on the Bible Belt Bros Podcast. Two bros in the Bible Belt.